Our topic today is about division of labor in households. Almost every couple I talk to or most individuals that are in a relationship, this whole invisible labor, emotional labor, who takes on more of just like the noticing and the planning and the coordinating and the behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. One person will feel like they're doing absolutely everything mm -hmm. in the household and the other person not at all. Or, you know, in terms of cleaning, in terms of responsibilities, in terms of parenting, in terms of balancing money and budgets, because there's no way that two people make exactly the same amount, right? Yeah. So there's always this discussion. It kind of goes back to communication, but we're going to get into that. This podcast represents the opinions of our hosts and guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice and is for informational purposes only. This podcast also does not establish a standard of care, doctor-patient, or client relationship. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast or website. And because each person is so unique, all listeners are encouraged to connect with counseling and medical professionals for assistance with their personal journey. All people, places, and scenarios mentioned in the podcast have been changed to protect the privacy of those involved. Welcome to We're Not Fine. I'm Dr. Talia Jackson. And I'm Doug Jensen. We thank you for listening every week to our deep and thought-provoking conversations about relationships. Hey, everybody. Welcome Hi. back to We're Not Fine. Friends. How are you? You know what? Doing quite well. Are you? How are you doing? I'm doing, I'm doing really well. You know, one of the things, though, that I realize is... Like my kids were home for the holiday. They left on Wednesday and Thursday, respectively. My younger left for Wednesday for Chicago. My older left on Thursday for L.A. Yes. And, you know, I have this moment afterwards of, because the holidays are so busy, mm -hmm. I hosted multiple dinner parties, including, of course. And you do it up. When you do oh. it, you do it up. The decorations and the spread and the vibe. Yeah, you were at my home <gasps> for the unveiling. Which we've been talking about literally every single time. Somehow Nick Harper makes his way into every episode. Yeah, he's become a part of us. He has. So, Which our next live event is going to be at his studio in a couple weeks. That's Cannot right. Cannot wait to do that again. We're going to be doing live. By the way, guys. We're going to be guys. trying to do much more live events, which yes. I love how those look on the on the YouTubes as well. And also there's such an energy yeah. around doing our interviews live. We're going to be talking to these beautiful sisters, a birth doula and a death doula, yeah. um, about just birth, death, everything in between, relationships. We've got some fun episodes coming up with some pretty fun Dude. people, and we're going to be trying to do live every four weeks, every every other time. So, you know, and we're going to have invitation kind of open to all of our viewers to come and participate as the space allows. But this is, you know, interesting because our topic today kind of relates to what I was talking about. Like, after everyone leaves for the holiday, mm. I have this kind of sigh of like, okay, I can exhale. I don't have to think about, do I have enough appetizers or meats or cheeses or charcuterie or whatever it is that we're serving? Um, I always have enough cocktail and champagne and Prosecco available. I have available. never seen a bar cart as <laughs> stocked as yours. Yes. That was incredible. My bar cart? Yes. <laughs> never seen so much liquor in my entire life and like bitters and oh yeah aromatics and garnishes and you even had like a fresh juicer yeah so my buddy josh who lives with me is a previous bartender and that's his oh, that pro it. juicer that explains it that's Ro how we do our bicep curls rob has a pro juicer he juices um i have an electric one juice. too I have an electric one that supposedly takes out the pulp and everything, but Ooh, pulp is good for you. Not not takes out the pulp, takes out the seeds and the wrap, but it tastes a little bitter when it comes out. Oh, maybe the pulp is good. I think so. Um, so the reason I was at Doug's house is because do you remember how Doug fell in love with Nick Harper's gorgeous piece of Serenity? This like very haunting, beautiful woman. It's very like this grayscale. Um, it is. Beautiful, like in the moonlight. And Doug felt this twin spirit soulmate I connection. Sure did. Yep. And he's been paying it off. <laughs> For eight months, six months? Six six months. Actually, I did it in five because I'm like, I want it to be done by the time my kids leave so they can see it in my home. And Which, it you know, was. 
And yeah. she came home to you. She did come home and to me. And so we, we, by we, I mean you, you had a great reveal party. And we, we all did. Hanging party. Yeah. If you go to my Instagram, which mm -hmm. is what, Douglas L. Jensen? That's right. J-E-N-S-E-N. You can see it. Uh, there's a few posts, as well as Nick Harper, um, Rogue Buddha Studio, I think official is his, with an underscore of some kind. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's Nicholas Harper Fine Art. I think he also has oh, Rogue. Oh, for God's sakes. I... But there is an official in there. Yeah. You guys will find him. We'll find him. But anyway, so it was a great time. Thank you for all the nice comments. I do, mm. I do appreciate like having a spread. My God, it was such an impress impressive spread. Was it? Okay. So there were, this is the charcuterie that he's talking about. <laughs> Three <laughs> tiers of, it was like macaron, caramels, whatever. Like, oh yep. my God. And I sent a picture of the painting and the macaron, the wonderful little French pastries, to my sons. <laughs> and of course, my eldest was like, could you bring some of those home for me? Heck yeah. But he didn't mention I how gorgeous the up. painting was. So I had to. But he was more concerned with the, yeah. He's like, can you hit me up? Bring me some home. Bruh. Like 20. Bruh. I'm like, I gotcha, bruh. Yeah, there's a lot of bruh. I'm all about the bruh. Um, and there were four different brie cheeses with slightly different flavors. It was so amazing. And the best part was this shrimp and the um, Ooh, shrimp, shrimp cocktail. Yep. Except the horseradish. <laughs> I have, so I like really horseradish spicy cocktail sauce. Yeah. Your horse kicked my teeth out. Your nostrils were flaring. And I, and you know what? Tell Usually me. people will warn other people about it, but do you know what kind of friends you have? Yeah. No one was warning anyone. We were just no. so sitting back and watching and but, snickering at people. But we also not, I wasn't snickering. You I don't take pleasure. I'm not schadenfreudish. Oh God, that's right. That's I know, best. like taking Germany pleasure really in, I am, I am German. The, so taking pleasure in someone else's pain. Yeah, I do not do that. Schadenfreude, Breastwarts. Okay. Yep. That's nipples or something. Yeah. Okay. Um, so moving back outside of your smut language. <sighs> Pardonnez-moi. I can't believe you continuously bring up breastwarts. Okay. Wow. Sounds like breastwarts. I thought I heard. Warts. It is warts. It's breastwarts. So. Yeah, we had this reveal party, but kind of my point is this, two things. One is this whole, our topic today is about division of labor in households, which I'm yes. going to intro in a second here. But I want to say that one of the things that was really striking is that I have this relief afterwards. Like I don't have to, like I have this like, did everything go well? Did everyone get the gifts they need? Um, I gave my dear friend uh, his gift last night and we're putting the hookah together. Um, it's really sweet. Uh, we had such a good time last night. So, and we're gonna have, we're gonna try the hookah probably some other time soon. I bet you uh, are. But I forgot the, yeah. <laughs> you forgot the apple tobacco? I forgot the charcoal. Oh, I didn't know you needed charcoal. For I don't really understand all of it, but I do realize that. Do I have something on my mustache? No, I did. Oh, you just had something on, your, <laughs> on my on your mustache. So, but you know, it's interesting because yeah, I have this little kind of like exhale, and then I kind of relax a little bit because it's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Which kind of going back to division of labor, and of course, uh, my sweet dear friend Josh did help me with that evening. He vacuumed the entire house, yes. um, cut all the vegetables. Like when when we work together, we are we are a hostess with um, the most with the hostess with the mostest team. Um, but yes, yes, division it's really interesting. of labor. And this is, I don't know about you. I'm assuming I can speak for both of us that almost every couple I talk to or most individuals that are in a relationship, this whole invisible labor, emotional labor, who takes on more of just like the noticing and the planning and the coordinating and the behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. And we have so much to say about it. We have a couple amazing mailbags, which I yeah. actually don't know. Yeah, I have not read through them, actually. So, um, uh -oh, we're we, flying by the we seat of, of our We kind of love these surprises. Like, yeah. that's how we work anyway. So, when we're therapists, we don't ever know what our people in front of us were going to say. That's but, you right. know, you're the right, Talia. Iron Chef yeah. therapist. I love this. Just throw some raw but sushi I do not know. salmon at me. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I love All right. sashimi. Let's, anyway, Squirrel. now I'm hungry. Squirrel. I don't have ADHD. <laughs> you changed it. Here's what I think. 
I think probably every couple I work with, and it's really interesting because sometimes it's severe. Like one person will feel like they're doing absolutely everything mm -hmm. in the household and the other person not at all. Or, you know, in terms of cleaning, in terms of responsibilities, in terms of parenting, in terms of balancing money and budgets, because there's no way that two people make exactly the same amount, right? Yeah. So there's always this discussion. It kind of goes back to communication, but we're going to get into that. But, you know, you kind of reference that there are different types of types of things that people have to deal with in terms labor. of all of those labor things. And, you know, it's interesting that you use the word invisible. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, the invisible word kind of confuses me because I think a lot of it is stuff that you can see. Like people can point out, do you see the dishes are done? Yeah, but do you that's see the a noticing problem, a prioritizing problem. Like that's why this is going to be so interesting because we're going to have a lot to say about all of the different things. When I think of invisible labor, I'm not even just thinking about it in terms of couples and relationships. I think about it in terms of even just like my ADHD, where I don't seem to acknowledge or make time for some of these invisible visible tasks that are the behind the scenes, maybe like organizing, um, coordinating. I, yeah, I think I can see why those feel invisible, but boy, those have a very real outcome right. to them. Like coordinating carpool or coordinating events or right. coordinating dinner parties. Um, <laughs> who are you? Who are you giving the stink eye to right now? Was it a stink eye? No, I think I think because I had like three of them, it yeah. was like it's a lot. It was a lot, and there is there's a lot. I mean, the I think that the point is we've got to figure out what the invisible labor is, and communicate all of those different pieces so that we can have a fair understanding of what there is to do. But this is what a lot of couples come in fighting about. I agree with that, and you know I think one of the pieces that we do as therapists when we're dealing with couples where that's an issue is we kind of try to figure out like what is it that might be underlying some of these things, right? Yeah. Like, what is it that contributes to these things? And I think we've, you know, we experience a lot of different things. Like sometimes um, I will say that it's almost about differing values. I I think it is. It's like values and prioritizing. Yeah. That feels really huge because yeah. there's like a threshold issue too. If one person in the partnership feels like, Counters need to be clean at all times. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Laundry needs to be up off the floor at all times, no exceptions. And the other person is feeling like they much more value spending time in the kitchen and creating presents. Or with you know, each other, like with family right. time or couples time or just individual time. I mean, for me, um, one of the things that I realize is I see patients from Monday through Thursday. And mm -hmm. by Thursday night... You're crispy. I'm crispy. I'm irrational. I start texting people in ways that are not my <laughs> typical norm, which I did on Thursday. I was not very patient. Like, I, I think I needed something, and I was, like, just a jackass about it, really. I was an it asshole. It was a little bit of a tantrum. I, I had a tantrum. I did, because I was like, I need something. I need you. Um, and I don't usually do that. It's weird. Um, but we've talked that through, that friend and I. So yes. I think there's a part of this that, though, these differing values, I want to go back to it because on Thursday night, I know full well, don't. Don't clean the house. Don't have a party. Don't plan anything. Don't do anything. Just kind of veg out and watch something on Netflix or some other streaming material uh, because I, think, I, I really have to decompress. And it is really important, I think, to know ourselves and our own capacity because Agreed. I think yeah. that a part of um, being resentment and disappointment proof is to figure out what your capacity is and what your needs and your That's desires really are yeah. so that you can own your own part in it. Because I think what happens is when we're in a good headspace and maybe we have enough resources, we're taking on what feels good to us. Yeah. But the second we feel exhausted, overwhelmed, then we start really resenting our partner. And I think we start paying attention to, this doesn't feel good, and why am I doing this? And that goes to what we're gonna talk today yeah. about what are the implications of this as well. Do you wanna start with a mailbag? We didn't even discuss. Do you wanna start with one of the letters about it? And then we'll talk about all the rest as it pertains. Because it's going to pertain. It pertains. It's What an odd pertinent. word that is. Pertains. Is pertinent, pertinent a word? I bet pertinent is a part of pertain. Yeah, per, like I think it curtain? is. Like a curtain? I'm kind of curious anyway. Pertinent? 
You're the kind of the you're grammar police. I am. When I said borrow today and you're like, um, lend is the word, I'm like, oh, I'll show you what the word is. Do you know what? That Greece is not is a cute look for me, but I can't help it. Really? I, it's like, oh my God. And I think I've mentioned, I get it from my mother who was an English teacher, like English is a second language. Yep. And she will correct people at restaurants, like the actual servers. Don't, I would spit in that food. Don't ever go to an Italian restaurant with my mom. <laughs> and if Bruschetta. you do, that's right. Yep, I Cause know. they'll be like, do you want a bruschetta? And she'll be like, don't you mean bruschetta? <laughs> that is how you sound too when, you, we, when we go out to restaurants. <gasps> Cause you were like, Oh, are you gonna borrow her some blah blah blah? And I was like, Yeah, okay. that's how I told Country Bumpkin. Yeah. I am from the country actually. Rural I am from the rural area. You are. So okay. yeah, let's do a let's bag. Do let's do a freaking bag. bag. And you know what's interesting is so neither one of us have read these and it's no, kind of funny it's because my favorite, I do love that. So I might even I I don't I hope there's nothing inappropriate on in here that I have to have my have yeah, our have really, our lovely Alex edit out. And we're really trusting our fans but, or listeners yeah but we really want to say like this is an interesting <laughs> thing i think anybody who has ever lived with anyone else will yes. understand why this topic comes up there's no way it kind of gets resolved or addressed without some communication about like household responsibilities right and you know what's really not cute i don't know seething with resentment mm. and then once you're seething with resentment and you bring it up it always sounds like I do everything and you don't do anything and you suck and I'm a lot. That's how I feel about this podcast. That I do everything and you. <laughs> it's okay. I forgive you. Um, actually, the opposite. <laughs> I do all of the guest work. I do all of the. Oh, I'm lying. Are you snorting? I'm. I'm trying to flare my talk nostrils. Anyway, with let's rage. get to the point, shall we? Yes. Uh, so this is a fiance who's male mm. at 28 years of old of age and a female who is 24 mm. and they can't overcome the division of household labor. So they write. So both of us grew up very differently. I was raised with an OCD dad who mm. cleaned religiously and he grew up on a farm. We have been together for about two years. I'm frustrated because from my perspective, my man does not clean and barely does anything around the house. <laughs> We've had conversations about it, and he swear he's trying, but I just don't see it. He says he dusted the shelf, and then it's still covered in dust. I've dealt. <laughs> I've heard this oh. story before. I've delegated what is specific that called? weaponized incompetence. Ooh, that's harsh. I've delegated specific things for him to get done that are super simple, and work with his nine-hour daily work schedule. That's also relevant. Washing the dog bowls, doing the laundry, cleaning the shower, which are the only things I've asked him to do. He's thrown some things in the washer, but will walk right past the laundry basket that I set by the washing room, and then I'll have to swap out the clothes and finish the rest. He tried, in capital letters, to clean, but he has no idea how to, capital letters. Well, that's something, too. That's With important. The do, you have... do I have Tourette's? <laughs> With the shelf? He says he did dust it and will do better next time, but how do you mess up dusting a shelf? I've offered to help show him how to clean. Oof. Okay, that's possibly patronizing but he says he's a full-grown man and doesn't need to be taught how to clean or does which he? is probably true uh, is it though it sounds like he is not a good duster doug i'm frustrated because the simple things i ask him to do he doesn't do and i end up doing it or does he try and you have to redo it the way that you want it to be done we'll talk about that mm. i actively do all of the grocery shopping keep a list of things to buy when it's running low pay the bills he benmos me Ugh. mop vacuum wash the dogs take him to the vet do all the deep cleaning which takes about six hours a week wash our laundry pack his lunches takes the dogs on walks clean our cars get oil changes done and any other maintenance on the cars change the wipers manage our finances cook dinner My keep track of the family God. wash the dishes Ooh, this woman's mad and i've, I've also you know that's a lot of invisible stuff. Do you like it when I interrupt you? I don't. Um, I, do you Do you feel like it's just a dynamic conversation? I've been the only one doing these things <laughs> since we met. Mind you, I get up at 6 a.m., go to a corporate job until 6, and get home around 7 after traffic every day, and then I clean. 
we got problems here. Here's why he's frustrated. He feels like he's trying. He's cleaned the bathroom, and the only thing he didn't do right was dust the shelves, and I only focused on the lack of dusted mm. shelves after he claimed he did dust them. He also didn't move the pile of towels when he mopped the floor and doesn't clean the bathroom mirror or the shower. He feels like I constantly am never happy with all that he does around the house, capital letters, takes out the trash, takes care of the yard, changed the fire alarm battery once, and feeds the dogs in the morning. Mm. That counts, mm -hmm. because I'm too focused on what he doesn't do. Mm -hmm. He feels that every time we have a convo about it, he is being put down, and I come at him way too aggressively and make him feel like an employee rather than an equal partner. Oh, no! He also feels that my standards of cleaning are too high and not manageable, and it's unfair for me to hold him to the expectations of clean. Mind you, he gets up at 10 a.m. most days, goes to a sales job, and is home by 8 to 10 p.m. Boy, she's bitter. Um, I just, ang uh, resentful is a better word. I just feel like if he weren't here, not that much would change in the household management and cleaning department. I would do everything just the same. I also work a full-time job and take care of the dogs and still find time to clean the place every week. Granted, he works retail hours that suck, so I don't mind taking on most of the housework, but I, I do everything all, period, the, period, time, period. Oh so we need feedback. How do I communicate better with him without feeling like he's being attacked? I do come off very strong, but we've never yelled at each other. I'm surprised about that. But yeah. what we can do is actually make him realize that he doesn't actually do anything around the house. That's enough to take it off my very full plate. Oh my God, this is so painful. But I do feel like, how many times have you heard the same exact story? Word for word. I have many, office. many times. I've heard it many times, which kind of brings me to like, what is it that Don't. might be underlying some of this? Like, and I do think, you know, we talked about different values, but I want to go to OCD because she mentioned her dad was OCD. It's possible she is as well. And so the thing about obsessive compulsive people um, and whether it's personality or whether it's the actual disorder is that order and uh, perfection and like uh, I used to have I, I've said this to many of my clients like I used to have people who would move one of the things on my shelf to see how long it took me to realize it because I just have this sense of order in my office and if something <laughs> is moved I'm like there's something not right Something's and I'll look around wrong. until I find it it is really like that like somebody turned one of my Buddhas around um, on my shelf and I literally saw it out of the corner of my eye and I'm like like I just I have to have it a certain way okay so there is one possibility that there is some OCD or some like control issue stuff happening around there. Which are different. But, but. okay. So the OCD piece would explain maybe the high, high bar. It would explain it would. that 80% trying on his part isn't ever going to be enough. And maybe an obsession around noticing and a compulsion to fix. Um, and then the control issues. I don't know how much different that would be because it's just about like you're half-assing and I want it done correctly. But I think that's only one of a hundred possibilities because like I have heard the same story thousand times. I have too. And you know, one of the things that I do when I hear these stories yeah, is that I, I actually will tell people, so if I walked into your home, because I really want to make this point, like if I walked into the home of any of my couples, they would have a different view. Like I think that's where the more the perfectionism or the yeah. detail orientation that some people have versus not. I think there's just a reality that, you know, some people are going to see everything that doesn't feel right. organized. Like even before we start this podcast, and I'm under the understanding that you have ADHD. What? Um, Who told you? The squirrel outside. <laughs> um, We're one, best buds. But you, there'll be stuff all over the table. Like there'll be like our <laughs> tissues, like it will be right here. And I'll be like, Talia, can you move all your stuff off the table? Um, um, and you know what's so funny about that is that I have a very different perception <laughs> of you've got your like Starbucks, your caribou, your Gatorade, Are your you water, endorsing? your cold brew. You've got like seven things over there. But you only see and a your cup. Phone. And okay, here but here's what's interesting is that like Rob and I for instance, like we value very different ways of keeping managing the house. So I have That's fair. It's a high value for me to have it decluttered and to have countertops clean and not see a whole bunch of clutter because that really messes with my sense of well-being because I feel like if I see a bunch of clutter, yeah. my... In 
my internal headspace. <laughs> Are you Thank cluttering you. I, I will my drink your space? Water. Oh, that my internal headspace feels cluttered. And Rob does not value that as much, but he values a deep clean and organizing and so where i value clean surfaces he will be the one to be like let's tackle our junk drawer and take everything out of that junk drawer and put it on the surfaces which it doesn't feel and that is so anxiety provoking for me because I, it might be my ADHD. It might be some, like, I think ADHD and OCD are sort of sometimes two sides of the same coin. I wonder about that. But it is its value there can be an, I think and there prioritizing. Can be yeah. yeah. But it, what I was going to say is it is also really possible that our dear friend here, our guy, um, isn't very efficient in his cleaning. And it's very possible, annoying. but guys, I mean, you know, one of the things we hear a lot in our office too is that someone will, the, the more perfection-oriented or detail-oriented person will go and do it a second time. And I will admit um, that if somebody's doing my dishes, yeah, I look at every pan in particular yes. or, or whatnot, I look at it before I put it away to make sure that the bottom is totally like, yeah, made sure it's entirely silver again. I have silver dish pot wet pot but wear, then how do you feel about the other people i don't feel anything right. i just feel like if i want it a certain way i have to do it myself that's beautiful and i'm okay with that yes like i, I know that i'm like again owning it. the bottom of my fry pan inevitably somebody has not like wiped that off that does my dishes and i'll be like scouring it i'm like i want that to be like and totally clean that might I do be have a little obsessiveness but but you're not taking it out on anyone i'm else. not so bottom line Zero. that's brilliant yep. and i also feel like depending on my headspace like when i'm asking for help or when people are and we shouldn't even say help if they're like heads of household it's like a division of labor it yep. isn't like help the wife or help the mom or help whomever and so i do though think about it as when people are doing the kitchen stuff i always expect it to be sort of 80 percent done and that i do the extra 20 percent. but i don't feel angry and resentful because I'm in a good headspace, but when I'm not in a good headspace and I'm really overwhelmed and I've worked a long day and I come home and the kitchen's a disaster yeah. and everyone's hungry, yep. whatever it is, I do not have access to that same perspective and yeah, I am resentful and bitter. Well, which comes to stress levels. And like if you have yeah. 20 things going on that day, and especially um, for people who are raising kids, you're constantly shuffling. And especially if they're in sports like hockey, uh, as my child was, I mean, it is a wild, wild west of like uh, schedules and ice yes. time and away games and whatnot, uh, away weekends, which I had no idea what those were until those beautiful Stillwater hockey people invited me into their culture. Yay, ponies! Um, go ponies. Go ponies! <laughs> you you be red 12. You 12. What? <laughs> anyway, like everyone will know 40? what that is. Yeah, everyone. Yep. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> everyone will know what that is in Stillwater. So, here's what I want to say about this, though. And I also want to say that, you know, what needs to be, go, going back to this specific question, like, what I would encourage this person to do is evaluate, like, where is the emotional burden as well? Mm. Like, are, uh, and I think the emotional part of things is like, if you're parenting, like who takes care of the, the kids' mental health? Who takes care of the, the kids' developmental stuff? Who takes care of the kids like checking in and seeing how they're doing? And they're so <laughs> sorry, this did not go as planned. You were bonking it. You were bonking the mic. Well, I thought I was doing you a favor, but then it collapsed. <laughs> Your right arm is a problem in our podcast. <laughs> Sorry, so, where were we? So needless to say, what I want to say is like every, I'm, I'm going to encourage this person to consider everything that happens in this household. My guess is going to be how you talk about your spouse is that he is not also like attuned to what's going on in the household. Yes. So the question is, like, you talk about these work schedules, by the way, and two working people in a household is tough yeah like the reality is it's tough and that's why you know in decades gone back it was nice to have someone to manage a household and manage grocery shopping and all these things i cannot do something after a 12-hour day it's you never like, going to happen if there's a stay-at-home person i'm going to do a doordash delivery yeah, of whatever too. i'm hungry for and yeah. I, I honestly now have come to like, like looking at the food options and be like 
okay, that's where I salivated a little bit, so I'm going to order the ramen, or I'm yeah. going to order the chicken, or I'm going to order pizza. But you also don't have to consider like the whole family anymore. So you I have the freedom. Oof, such a change. It really it's, is. It's yeah. a change. Yeah. Right. And I think that one of the most important things that you said is like the, you know, the from the invisible piece is I think what's missing. This is the difference between the maybe the person that does the lion's share of the invisible work versus the one who is just being asked to take on tasks is there is in like a proactive noticing that happens but only for the person that feels like they're taking on the lion's share so in this particular case which i feel like is in most couples there's one person that somehow has an understanding of the two thousand things that are necessary to run a home to have a meal plan to go grocery shopping the carpools the practices snacks the gym bags whatever it is and then there's the person who is just being asked to complete simple tasks which he still can't seem to perfect or do well enough and so well and i want to ask him like i wish i could ask him like what's your story on this like that's what i'll do with a couple i'll make sure because really one thing that you have as an option is relationship therapy like a a lot of times this is a topic like i when couples come in as most people know i just hit this microphone again um i have people list every resentment everything that feels unresolved everything they need to address that has not been reach to some satisfying conclusion, write everything down. And people always like, can I get a big notebook? Yeah, of course you can get a big notebook because we have to cover everything and we have to get past these things. But if this is the issue, I'm going to ask both parties, like, what is your perception of this? If this guy said, I did dust the shelves, but chances are that Swiffer, right. you know, left a mark or left a left whatever it is. And, you know, the person that wrote this is probably going to notice that, right? They're going to notice what was not done. So I think there's a piece of this that you're really evaluating, like what's real about this, what's not real, what part is your OCD tendencies uh, or your obsessive compulsive tendencies, what part on his part might be something else. And I want to just add, I mean, we've talked a little bit about OCD here and obsessive compulsiveness, yeah. but there's ADHD yeah. and the, uh, how to manage that, but there's also depression and anxiety. And yeah. one of the symptoms of depression is oftentimes low motivation, low energy, lethargy and so when i fatigue when i think about those symptoms i'm not likely and there have been times absolutely where i feel depressed i feel low energy i feel fatigued i feel like i've got burnout um and and i just it's kind of like one of my kids left afterwards i like looked at the dinner party from tuesday where the we did the installation of the art um, the reality is there was a, a point at which I just kind of thought, I'm just going to lay on the couch and watch yeah. something stupid. Which was wise. And it, it's also, I mean, do yeah. you guys remember our episode two episodes ago with Dr. Kate Henry and the productivity. Um, slow yep. productivity? Yep. And she talks about, you know, chronic illness and mental health issues. Yep. And basically that um, spoon yep. theory that you, it's like a capacity, a limitation. You only have a certain number of spoons yep. each day. And depending on how you're feeling mentally and emotionally you might not have the capacity so what I hear in this couple and a lot of other couples is the person who is seen as never doing enough might be completely at capacity yeah but I wanted to bring up a couple of interesting things I found in this article tell me it was a psychology today article about the division of labor with couples and I thought so four findings that I thought were really interesting that really have to do with what we're talking about. One is couples don't seem to ever agree on who's doing more. A hundred percent. There's a perception issue and each person in a couple tends to overestimate how much they're doing and underestimate how much their partner is doing. And they have actually done studies and counted the number of hours that each person is doing the household, the childcare tasks, and then they have to estimate what it was. And it's just like across the board. Yeah. Everyone seems to I think, think they're true. doing more. Which is fascinating, right? It's fascinating. Um, the second thing that I thought was really interesting is that it's cultural and s- 
you will find your circumstances and the amount of labor you're doing either acceptable or unacceptable depending on what your friend group or the other people in similar situations to you if it's like a 30-something heterosexual couple with two toddlers if it is a same-sex couple with you know teenagers and then you'll be looking at this other couple and be like oh is that am i doing more or less do they have a better scenario than us there's also like family of origin learning so i grew up in a home that oftentimes had some hoarding and actually my mother was a hoarder so um I have found myself kind of at times not knowing how to organize my home. I've figured right. it out for the most part. Which is kind of the an underbelly of OCD too, isn't it? I mean, hoarding isn't it under this umbrella? Well, it's that co- it is a compulsion, yeah. yeah, to hold on to things that have some sort of emotional attachment, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that's very hard for people who don't experience that. Like my younger is so easily getting rid of everything. Like doesn't want some of their Christmas gifts oftentimes, wants to leave them at home. Like, I'm never going to use that. Do you think that's like a scarcity versus abundance mindset or maybe somebody who grew up in poverty? Of course. I I think so. It's anxiety, too. There's so many Like, I had a hard time getting rid of things because I did grow up with not a lot of money and my mother was a hoarder. um, And it's been hard for me to get rid of things. I really only have one area of my home. It's my basement. Um, I have an old, old home, so the basement is not... It's gorgeous. It's not livable. Your home is gorgeous. Oh, thank you. I loved getting to see it. Thank you so much. Um, Here's what I want to say about this, too. So I want to go back to, like, some strategies because this woman is struggling. Like, so what we're talking about is you have to understand kind of the underlying pieces of this and really give some credence and give some thought. And maybe you do need a mental health professional to help. um, But someone that really can help understand like what is going on for him what is going on for you are these likely because i have told a number of my clients do not expect your partner to be you do not expect your partner to see that dust do not expect them to see that cup that's sitting in the middle of the living room do not expect that or the ring that got put on the furniture or whatever like just don't expect that from people who do not see the world the way that you do and the noticers get really resentful of the non like how can you not see that how can you not see that or how can you not see that that dish was not clean right um you know that went through the dishwasher even so that's number one like have realistic expectations about things based on what you both bring to that table but here's what i would do i would 100 like i have couples that have uh, done choreless they have them in the kitchen um like meal planning for example like if you want to split that halfway and decide what it is that both of you really want to do like i'm better at some things than i'm not um uh, yeah, I, and it's been interesting to live with this friend of mine because um, we kind of share everything. We do things together. And the reality is he's much better at mm. details. Like he won't let it. I realized about a day into him moving in that he does not leave any dish in the sink. Wow. Doesn't. That's can't. Amazing. Like he literally would keep washing things after we ate. And I'm like, what are you doing? That's a good kind of OCD. That's the kind I want. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Like, I can't even imagine. So I, like, let them all kind of build up, and then I'll do them all at once, right? My, my mom was like that, or is like that, that if yep. she has people over, she will yep. never sit down and eat at the yep. dinner table with anyone else because she's cleaning everything up in the sink. There won't be a single dish. That's fascinating. And she can't. She cannot sit down. I also have a farm sink, and I inevitably, it has a grate on the bottom, right? Um, and I let the crap on the bottom just sit there after I've done the dishes even if it doesn't Does that drive him nuts? he will take that grill right. off and just kind of scowl it and like okay <laughs> and then I start to feel like I'm not doing enough I've told him I said stop doing that I'm not doing equal amounts and he doesn't care so um there's no resentment building that's good well because, because you're also a good communicator I'm and a good so... communicator and I do other things like mm-hmm. I take care of other things that's right so that's kind of where you know things can work even in a friendship situation that's not a spousal situation but I think I think chore lists are really helpful because then it's on there and once a week I'm also huge as everybody knows on household meetings like even if it's I just you it. and somebody else mm-hmm. um, and there's any sort of issue that has to be addressed like you know the sharing of responsibilities have a weekly meeting and that weekly meeting can be where you kind of take a look at that list and say so how did it go this week 
and where did things not go? What's happening in this relationship, though, and this is part of the concern, is that I think he's starting to feel blamed and shamed and diminished and That's frustrated right. and like he's always probably walking on eggshells like I did clean that I did clean that and I do not encourage relationships to have dynamics where the person's constantly like see see what I did see yes. what I did taking the taking pictures of things tat. And I don't like it. It's a, it becomes really awful. When we're seeing in the, like what people are overestimating how much they're doing and underestimating how much their partners are yeah. doing. Yep. And so it is, it could just be you are feeling overwhelmed and yeah. frustrated in that moment. You're not getting a particular need met or you feel enraged because you're, this is what happens a lot with people. Yeah. You're doing something and you see your partner sitting on the couch or not doing something. And then all you can do is see everything everything that's still undone. And you know, the other thing that's happened here is that this has gone on for some time. And so there is this building of resentment. Like when she listed everything she does, I'm like, oh. And somebody's um, been like keeping that list. Oh, absolutely. And you keep that list and then you, you know, you, you're looking at it all the time because you're not feeling like you're getting what you need. So we have to find a way in that situation to balance it out. And it's not going to look maybe the way you want. Do not expect him to clean the way you do. Do not expect him to do the tasks the way you do. Um, when you get home after your long day, I don't know what you do for a living. I did not hear that. There's um, a salesperson and a corporate person. Okay, so she must be the corporate person because he's retail or something. And it's like 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. kind of. And he's okay. the, yeah, in, I don't know, some sort of um, retail because yeah. he works from 10 to 10 sometimes. Oof. I'm sorry, 10 to 10, regardless That's of what job rough. you do, that is like, got, get home. And just relax, right? Like, which should and get some sleep, by the way. Which Where do you get sleep? Should be prioritized. Yeah. It's just like, so these weekly meetings, I also think they are so brilliant. And it's just like, let's keep a line of communication open about what's working and what's not working, which, if you have any kind of job, not really like us, but if you have any kind of job where you work on a team or you've got a manager or a boss, I'm willing to bet you have one-on-one meetings, you have team meetings. Yeah, for sure, Um, Why don't we have that for the most important relationships in our lives? So here's where we don't want it to go. We also don't want a parent-child dynamic where you're always following up on him and we don't want a boss-employee dynamic. You actually reference this. We do not want that, but the, the model that Talia is talking about is good. Like, make sure that there's accountability. Make sure there's follow-up. And if there's not accountability, so this happens too. Like, you know, we agreed on something and he didn't follow through. He or she didn't follow through. And of course, I always say, let's figure out why. Like, what was going on for you? Like, at some point, his perception of this and, like, what he wants to do is a critical part of, like, understanding and communicating. Like, these are his values. These are his priorities. Like, if he said, the biggest thing for me is doing the dishes. I'm just going to pick it. Um, yeah. Or I love the dishwasher. It's fun. Like find the stuff that you two want to do. And if nobody wants to do anything, that's right. then you have to divvy it up anyway. But he does have to be accountable. I would say to him in this situation, so you have to do what you say you're going to do. If you don't want to do it, if you don't that's think right. you're going to do it, or if you're worried about doing it in a way that's haphazard or half-assed and you you know, you know know she's going to come back and do it herself, um, that's, a, that's an issue that has to be discussed. That's right. And I would encourage the writer here to accept something that's not quite right, like walk away from something that's not done exactly the way you want because he's doing it the way that works for him. And then find gratitude and value his work as well. Yeah. So there's this amazing woman who basically has created a game about this. There was a documentary, it's called Fair Play. Her name is Eve Rodsky. I love that name. I mean, it's incredible. And I hear a lot of people talking about it and she created, playing cards so it's exactly what doug is talking about in terms of let's actually have a meeting and go through all of the different tasks and what's interesting about her take on it is it's less of a division of labor per each you know activity or care task that needs to be done it's more like if if one of the cards is baseball For instance, that doesn't just mean I'm going to take the kids to baseball. What it means is 
I'm going to make sure, you know, to figure out what that snack list is when we're bringing snack. I'm going to figure out the carpool. I'm going to make sure every single baseball um, activity is on our family calendar. I'm in charge of the rides. I'm in charge of making sure that bag is packed. I mean, right? It's like that's all of the invisible labor that goes behind I've got baseball. Yep. And so this is what um, this is what she said. There are four rules to this. Oh. And it's exactly, it's intuitive once you think about it, but it's also kind of revolutionary. So the first one she says is, the first thing you have to understand is all time is created equal. So this is an exercise in valuing our own time, but also each other's time, because we tend to not value our spouse's time, our partner's time as much as we're in we our own world. Our own. Yep. Exactly. So we're incredibly aware of every minute we are spending on something that feels like it's for the family versus all of the minutes they're spending. Um, which it's it's just a new way of seeing it, really. And uh, what did I want to say about this? Oh, that it says the reality is that many straight couples, the mental load continues to fall on the female partner as the list maker, planner, household manager, until everyone realizes that time is a limited commodity for both. Everyone has 24 hours in a day. And I will say, I mean, this is where I yeah. always struggle with those gender stereotypes because in my household between my co-parent, uh, my children's mother and I, yes, like if there's a family trip, if there's holiday planning, right. I do the majority by a long shot. She would gladly admit that um, because I do have that desire. Like when we went to Japan with our kids together, um, I made sure I did the reservations. I made sure to take care of the 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 details of like getting from place to place and figuring some and things out. Some and of this is just like good executive functioning and being I, the noticer. 100%. But you I were mean, also yeah. a parentified child. You know what I mean? Like, you never really were yes. a kid kid. That is correct. You probably did a lot of noticing of what needed to be done. Oh, I didn't just do noticing. I mean, I, as my patients know, I call it scanning. Yeah. Like, from an early age when I did not always have safety in my home, I literally would scan constantly, like, what's going on? And I probably did some things like cleaning to try to make things easier in my household or to make my mom feel better uh, given who she was, which was a very complicated person with That's some right. mental health issues. Um, so I kind of just, I probably compensated that way. However, um, it doesn't always translate. Like I have, I, and I want to say, and this is a really interesting thing that everyone needs to consider. You know, we now, we have multiple things that we're doing because of this podcast. And I have mm -hmm. found myself with my practice and the podcast and some other projects that we have going on. I just don't have a lot of time. And so I literally don't, I, right. I have come to a place where I really do need a housekeeper and how privileged that is of, you know, of me to be able to do that. That's but that's right. the bottom line here mm -hmm. is that I, I think there's a point at which you have to really evaluate like how much, and this goes back to the spoon analogy that our production productivity person talked yeah. about. Like I don't have spoons afterwards. Sometimes. No, and you, you've got a certain amount and it's almost like you have a certain amount weekly. Yeah. And that oh, like yeah. Monday, you're a completely different person yeah. than Thursday night. And I know, th absolutely, like it takes me until Thursday night. And then when I'm done, I turn off my Zoom because I do Zooms on Thursday, telehealth. I love that. Um, and I literally just kind of sit there for a second, like, okay, now I'm done. Now what do I need to do? Do I need a cocktail? Because I love a gin and tonic at the end of my day, yeah. regardless of the season. Um, and you know what? What also is an interesting piece of this that you were talking about, like we do try to avoid the gender stereotypes. We do. At, yep. You know, as much as we possibly can. And this does come from research that was mostly with the heterosexual couples, she said. Yep. But what she did say is that there's also a lot of research happening with same-sex couples right now, and there seems to be a more equal division of labor. I think that's probably true. You know, even, yeah, I think about all the things, and socialization comes into this, right? right? You know, so if your mother was the person that did the details and took care of the groceries and took care of the kitchen and took care of the shopping, like when I think about my grandparents in particular, yeah. my grandma did all the cooking, did all of the gardening, did all of the um, canning, um, we even chopped our own chickens up to make our own chickens. Oh, uh, oof. Yeah. Ew. They run around after their head gets cut Oh, my off. God. It's very strange. I know. I've heard that. And there's blood. Anyway. So what I, I was... What? 
What I would say, <laughs> and by the way, our AV guy, John, makes the best cold, <gasps> cold brew. It's so brew. smooth. I'm like enjoying it. I just shout out to John. Smooth. Thank shout you so much. Shout out to John. I know, hugely good. Anyways, uh, but that's the thing. Like, really, what we're talking about is make sure you're aware of the underlying pieces. But we've talked about the card game. We've talked about making a chore list. We've talked about going to therapy. If you need to understand and really understand what's going on here. And you can go to therapy with just this issue, by the way, which yes. I will say is not the only issue that's going to come up. There's it's, other issues then that are related in terms of communication. Like I would right. say that I'm hoping you have communicated in a gentle, loving, supportive, give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm always big on starting there. Like give him the benefit of the doubt. Like so, say I did not see that this was dusted you did dust. Can we take a look at it? Like you could, mm -hmm. it's hopefully not too patronizing to say, so this is what I see when I see this. What do you see this? When you see this? It's a little patronizing, but also I don't know a lot of good ways to communicate. Like that is a half-assed job. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't judge it. I would just say, so this is what it looks like for me. And the bottom line is, and I have eventually gotten to this place with clients, like you might just have to do it. Right. Like maybe that's your thing. Or maybe that's not right. That might not be that person's skill set. Yeah. I want to like run through the other three rules okay. of Eve Rodsky real quick because I Rodsky. think it's pretty great. Yeah. Number two, I bet you would never consider this to be a part of a division of labor, but this I think is where the resentment builds. Reclaim your right to be interesting. So a lot of the resentment comes from, oh, how fun for you that you get to still go, you know, do jujitsu and sit on the couch and watch a game and have a cocktail while I'm, but this isn't. Go wild. They won last night. Anyway. But if you are thinking about it as both of you deserve to reclaim what's interesting and fun about you um, when you're only working on housework and yeah. chores and things like that, it steals your ability to lean into the things that you love to do. Yeah. And if you're a healthy, happy person, you're going to be less resentful. And it's also just, I'd like three hours a week to do blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I'd like you to have three hours a week or like, let's negotiate that time. Um, number three, start where you are now not who you wish you were, who you wish your partner was. Um, assuming that they should be anticipating all of your needs. It's more like, what is my specific intention for asking to look again at the list of chores and renegotiate? Like, what do I want? Do I just want recognition? Do I want to make this person feel badly about themselves? Do I just need a little more help in the kitchen? Do I just want this person to be noticing more than they're noticing? Like, why are we bringing this up? What is the goal around it? So it isn't just, I do everything, you do nothing, you suck. And the last one, unless you have anything to say about it. Um, I have a lot to say about that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I absolutely- Say it. I uh, Really? Now. Nope, too late. <laughs> Window closed. <laughs> In fact, I won't say anything if you order me around, because I do not do well being told what to do, as we know. Say less. Oh, then I'm going to talk a lot, and I'm just going to keep talking until there's no... Please don't tell no me what you're thinking about this topic. Oh, you're doing a little paradoxical <laughs> approach to Doug's work. Um, yeah, I mean, I think how you approach somebody is really critical, and I think um, one of the things I love about what that rule is is mm -hmm. that it's about taking a look at, like, what is your intent, what is your motivation, and communicating that honestly. And what I would say to this, you know, person in particular, like, let your partner know, you know, I'm actually growing resentful and I don't know how to stop it and I don't want to go after you and I don't want to be critical and I don't want to be blaming yeah. um, and I don't want to be shaming and I don't want to be that thing. I don't know how to approach you. Is there a way? Because you can ask, like, is there something that I can do that would be helpful for you to be able to help me out a little bit? Because and I... Go ahead. No, you go. That was what that was what I think. I mean, I think there's a point at which you really want to communicate as directly as you can in not a snarky, passive-aggressive right. way and the more time that goes on or the more this pattern is a thing. And I will say that some people kind of figure out years into the, the routine, I don't fucking want to do this this way anymore. Like I really need a change. I need to not take on all of this stuff. Um, or can you, you know, I, I started taking my kid to hockey every night, but can you take them half the time? Mm -hmm. I'm exhausted by it. Mm -hmm. And I don't like all the other parents. That feels like a good reason to hand that off. Um, <laughs> what I was going to say Tell is me. I love what you said, and I agree, that is the conversation that needs to happen. And one 
tip that might be helpful for everybody who's considering bringing their partner in yeah. to have the conversation about renegotiating, yeah. it can be very disarming. Yep. Yeah and not critical and snarky to start with owning your own part in it. Always, like, right? I feel I need, I might be overly critical. I might be extra exhausted right now. I might have too high expectations. I think I may have been assuming that you could read my mind and that you were noticing and just choosing not to do it. Yeah. So like owning your co-creation in that dynamic, I think would be a good way to disarm. Fourth and final, did you want to say something? No. Fourth and final Eve Grodsky fair play rule that I really liked is establish your values and standards, which I think is a conversation most couples never have. I agree. And it's just what you started saying of one person really values a clean countertop and one person really values like a deeply clean and organized efficient space or drawer say it out loud that's it i mean what we're really saying is what it kind of comes back to in relationships all the time is you have to communicate and the earlier you communicate and the more clearly you own your experience and you say i feel this instead of you don't do anything i mean it's a very different way of approaching something so it goes back to communication strategies and doing that in a healthy way. So for again, I want to, and we're probably only get to one mailbag today because this is kind of covering everything for us. But know. you know, I, I wish for you to be able, and I appreciate that you wrote in. Thank you so much because I think it's a really, really helpful thing to discuss that affects a lot of people. I see all of your stuff again. Um, it's very organized chaos over here. Is it? But you know, the thing about it is, you want to communicate directly. You want to really understand all the dynamics. But the word compromise has not been talked about here enough. Like, I think we have to find a way to reach like some level of like, I can live with this. This is enough for me. Um, I can live with the dishes being done. I, you know, I'm not going to use a fork that still has crud on it if it's not cleaned right. entirely. But I might just rinse it out again because people miss things too. That's right. You know, and, and I'm the not, benefit of the doubt. Always benefit of the doubt. And I also feel like maybe the best course of action, because when I talk to these couples, I'm sure when you talk to your couples, um, what each one of them is really craving deep down yeah. is just an honoring and a valuing of what they are doing. Because as soon as you're saying you're not doing enough, it negates all of the things they are doing. And so if you do seem to take pride in being the noticer, yeah. but you're only noticing what you are doing and what your partner is not doing, maybe start to notice all of the things that they're doing and start commenting and being right. grateful for the work your partner is doing that will get you a lot further in this conversation. So one of the things we haven't talked about too is like all of the other facets of any relationship income Mm -hmm. like and and when you talk about being grateful like you know obviously you both are contributing to the to the budget but if you're always if you're also feeling like you're the breadwinner like i think there's a lot of different ways to evaluate equity and mutuality and reciprocity in a relationship and i i really do think that the best relationships have a real sense that both people are contributing equally that's right so is he bringing in money that's helpful you know and and doing his part of that um in terms of like the occupational piece, like uh, an educational piece, like are you two at some kind of level of like you both are contributing in that way? But I want to go to emotional burden for a second because I think the person that constantly, and I think it's you in this situation, like he's probably not going to say, can we talk about the house cleaning and can we talk about chores? So if you feel like you're always the person bringing shit up as well, right. we have a problem. Which is the invisible labor it as is. well. It is. Mm-hmm. And if you always feel like you're having to bring things up and you're having to negotiate and you're having to compromise and you're having to follow up on things that are not taken care of, that's adding on to this as well. So there's various ways that this occurs. Mm. Um, and I think there's something, you know, when you talk about your dad being OCD, yeah, there's something that tells me maybe there's some genetic piece to this where you learned it or you uh, experienced it yourself from a, a, a brain, way, uh, brain place, an anxiety place. But that's the piece. Like you have to kind of let let yourself own your piece of it, as you've said really yeah. beautifully in that discussion. Like I think you have to own your part of 
what are your expectations? What are your goals? And you do not want to look at your partner as lazy or That's right. unable or whatever without really understanding what's going on for And him. even if that is the only thing that you take away from today's episode is that benefit of the doubt yeah. or if you're feeling really resentful, angry, critical, yeah. just take a moment and think about how to own your own part in it yep. um, because that will more likely than not lead to a more productive loving conversation where your partner will be more open to the idea of taking on a little bit more or seeing things differently yeah definitely start with what you're bringing to the table and what you're noticing all the good things that they are doing you know i want to say something else too like one of the things that i'm very struck by is sometimes i work with couples where you know this person might go in for individual therapy and kind of work through this and kind of figure it out. If you're doing that work and your partner is not doing that work, what I've noticed is that a lot of couples drift and and kind of just have a bigger differential in terms of their capacity and their skill level and their yeah. emotional uh, intelligence and awareness and insight. Um, if one of you is doing work and the other person isn't, you know, I always hearken back to my first day of graduate school where my professor said half of you will not be with your partners at the end of this yeah. program. Same. And it was true. Yeah. Um, I was one of those. You, you Sometimes know? you outgrow. And so if this person is doing their work and they're trying to figure this out and they go to individual therapy and they're yeah. like, mastering sort of you know their their own kind of uh, emotional awareness and that's brilliant because even if it's like what i say to you know my clients with like ocd or depression or anxiety or you know adhd or all of the things it's i mean it's an explanation it is but it's also not necessarily an excuse so it's not it is up to us and i say this i say the same thing all the time but it is 100 percent up to us to be managing whatever cards we were dealt so yes i have adhd is it my fault no but it's my responsibility so what does that even mean it means that i'm working with shorter sticks than maybe the rest of people in terms of my capacity to um think longer term have executive functioning memory um i think it's because you spent too much time at first avenue that oh my god i knew it was so i something. think you had too much stimulation and it and maybe i'm kidding it that's was not like how it happens teenage marijuana use oh boy do you want to talk about your teenage drug use yeah, I just don't remember because my brain is because you found drugs. I actually <laughs> that's not funny. And no, it, yeah, it wasn't, and I actually did not have any substance use issues. You know, just a little bong on the weekends. Does don't anybody tell my notice kids. how easy it is for me to bring up a new topic and then she'll run with that? <laughs> Where was I? I was saying something life changing. Do you no, remember? I don't. Oh, ADHD. But I managed, as you could tell, really well. I'm like, I have an ADHD coach and I'm on meds and I uh, do a lot of, of my own learning and research about, stop looking at me like that, how to have systems and routines. At, I'm and looking at you automatically like a patient now. Mm, Tell me more. Oh, I'll stroke my goatee. I'll look at you with pity. Is that I'm what so you're sorry, doing that right must now? be hard. <laughs> Is that why they pay you the big bucks? Yeah. So I hope this was helpful. And, yes. you know, I swear, again, even if you're in a roommate situation as a, in a college dorm, um, that's funny, my college roommate and mm. BFF Darren. Uh, I love Darren. He's very organized in his home. His home is spotless. It is? Oh. I could see that. <laughs> yeah. I could see that. Yeah. Spotless and really, really good taste. Oh, but, wow. Go ooh. Darren. Oh, yeah. He's really good taste. You should see his home. Anyway, um, so that's the thing, guys. I hope this is helpful. And really, this division of labor, we could go on and on about other pieces, too. And and really, you know, a piece that we are discussing here is that it, it does. It goes into all different categories. And you have to take a, a look at every part of your relationship if this is an issue and really evaluate it fairly and, and as openly as you can. That's right. We wish you the best. It'll be a game changer. Yeah. And if you did find value in today's episode, um... Or you want to see my art? Are you? Oh, oh yeah! Hop on the Insta, Dr. Talia Jackson. We're not fine. 
I can't remember if it's We're Not Fine Pod or We're Not Fine. I, I think it's We're time. Not Fine Pod. And it stands for podcast. Douglas L. Jensen with an E-N. Plus, you guys, we're on YouTube, and I kind of think that people are into it. Yeah, we're raising our subscriber level. Thank you to our producer, Supak, who is yes. doing, I think, sh- they're called shorts. Yes. Um, those are things I wear in the summer months and And sometimes the in the winter months. And a lot in the winter months, I've seen actually. a lot of your knees in my life. Knees what do you and think below. About They're no. really good-looking knees. Thank you Real so much. Real smooth. <laughs> um, so, yes, you were, you were saying, did you go what through the Instacart? What was I saying? Oh, do you want to hop on and listen to us on whatever platform you're already listening to yep. us this second? And maybe pull over your car or stop on this walk that you're on right now. Stop folding laundry and washing dishes and... Or listen while you're doing those. Like, subscribe, rate, review. Yeah. Thank you to all the comments we're getting on YouTube right away. We want to acknowledge it's really, really great to hear from you um, and get your feedback on it. And again, go to we'renotfine.com. No apostrophe needed. And if you have any questions in your life, mental health, relationships, whatever it is, we have a place for you to either anonymously or put your name in, ask us any questions, and we're delighted to review them on the podcast. Like it's our we favorite We love hearing thing. from you. Oh, my God. And you know, everyone's life is so different. We have so many different possibilities. So thank you for all of you who have written in, and we are going to encourage you to keep doing that. We're not fine. I'm putting you on the spot. Now. Now. Now, (laughs) but (laughs) it better be good. I know. I want to say something about the cold brew, but I can't figure it out. But at least your butt is as smooth as John's cold brew. That's not necessarily the case. Bumpy, hairy. (gasps) 